Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. So this week, a, the guest we have on is um, Emmeline Morris, who is a friend of both of ours, actually. So it's more more equal this week since we both know her. Yeah, we're completely on equal footing in terms of the interview process because, <laughs> you know, it's not some someone I know and some completely random stranger to you. <laughs> yes. That's true. And I I don't know if we're on equal footing in terms of the topic as well, which is marching band. I don't do you how much do you know about marching band? I never I was never in marching band, but I did play an instrument in grade school. I played the flute and I wasn't good at it. And I pretended to play the flute the whole time. I don't think I actually (laughs) like I think even in the concert, I just mimed it. So that was that's the like basically my entire musical experience. Yeah, I, I only played piano, which is not really a great option for marching band. <laughs> Can't carry a piano on not a football so field. <laughs> no, no, I would like to see somebody try. That seems like uh, that that would be a very okay go thing video to, thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but in contrast to our experiences, um, I think. Emmeline ha- has a very more compelling uh, relationship with marching band. Yeah, she can talk about it for an hour. I'm pretty sure we could not. So let's pass it off to someone who actually knows what they're talking about, about marching band. <laughs> you, know how, you know what's fun is that I don't actually remember how we did this last time. <laughs> We've only done this once. We're still, we're still Aren't you guys in the professionals? Thing. Yeah, uh, I thought I was signing up to be with professionals. <laughs> so hey, thanks for thanks for being on the show. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, it's my- <laughs> Welcome to the VIP backstage tour of us not completely sure what this show is yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, and still not quite knowing how it to be interviewers <laughs> or whatever this is. I don't even know if this is an interview. I think it's just a weird conversation. <laughs> isn't 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 every interview just a weird conversation? That's very true. I learned that from Jesse Thorne. I did not. Uh. <laughs> How many podcasts can we mention on this podcast? Um, That's I don't know. Question. I think as many as we can. Yeah, it's answer. like Hollywood. It's like Hollywood Handbook, but except instead of celebrity <laughs> names, you have to name drop podcasts that no one else might know. <laughs> I would do that podcast in a heartbeat. And it also needs to feel like a weird fever dream. <laughs> I think we're nailing uh, that aesthetic so far, but... <laughs> there we go, we got that. Yeah, so Emma, if you just want to like give give like a brief introduction of yourself and like what you brought to talk about today. Yeah, okay. Well, hey, uh, my name's Emmeline, or Emma, um, and today I'm going to be talking to you all about marching band, the mm. the poor man's theater no no it's way cooler than theater but yeah anyway we'll get into that all the people who who love theater are now extremely angry no i'm kidding i I love that we asked you to to bring something that you've gotten shade about and that you decided to throw shade at theater kids it's very good it's the only defense mechanism i have that's fair that's fair and see i was i was for a short time a theater kid so so I feel like there's that contention right there. Mm-hmm. No, the the deep seated uh, rivalry between the theater kids and the band kids goes beyond any jet, like beyond human, like we can't even remember when it started. It right, just has right. always been. Yeah, it's it's you know sur- survival instincts of like you need shelter and food and marching band kids and theater kids have a long standing <laughs> vendetta against. Each yes, other. exactly. Yep. 
for sure. Um, so when did you when did you start doing marching band? Well, I started my freshman year of uh, high school. Um, when I wasn't really sure if I would like it very much because it was like physical activity and social interaction. Um, <laughs> and those weren't really my jam at the time. But I learned, I've learned a lot of things through marching band and it was definitely like the best part of high school by the end of it. So um, that's why it means a lot to me as a mm-hmm. person um, is that like I really like came out of my shell because of marching band. And I think it's a really good experience for people to have, and it's also really dorky, and I like talking about it. So, <laughs> were you were you interested in performing um, or and, and like music like before like before you decided to join marching band, or was that something where you kind of like joined marching band and you're like, I guess I have to pick an instrument now? <laughs> uh, kind of both. Like we def- we started doing instruments uh, in sixth grade. Okay. So um, I played clarinet for about like a couple months and then I switched to saxophone as soon as possible because <laughs> saxophone is infinitely cooler than any other instrument. Oh, that's important. If you know anything about marching band or about instruments and their stereotypes, I'm a mm-hmm. saxophone player that you should take everything I say with that grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, you are talking, to, at least me personally, to someone who thinks that uh, Baker Street is one of the best songs in the world, <laughs> so like, I have an appreciation for the saxophone. Good, good, okay. No, literally every time someone says saxophone, I'm like, that's me. That's the representation I deserve. <laughs> I've done it. Um, <laughs> no, no, but um, back to what you asked. I wasn't, I liked band and playing music was fun, but I didn't really get super into it until Mm. high school when, and I think everybody in Margin Man goes through this kind of phase, but like you start off and you're not really sure about band. You don't really know if you want to be doing this, being outside in the hot sun all day. But then you go through a phase where I'm going to do music for the rest of my life and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a music major. Everyone thinks they're going to be a music major, like their (laughs) junior year. That's not true. (laughs) It will never be true. But, and so I did have that for a little bit, but um, ultimately didn't decide to do music really in college. Um, But like, I really appreciate, I I learned from marching band to appreciate music and what goes into playing music and like what's a difficult music and then what's easy and like I just have a a greater appreciation for like almost anything that has to do with music now because I did marching band and band in high school and everything. So what made you pick I mean presumably you could have continued doing just regular indoors band instead of walking around outside band which seems like it might be less appealing why why did you decide do you think to to do marching band? I think I did it mostly because it promised that I would make friends, and I didn't have any of those. So, um... <laughs> we can identify not... that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel that, but also, like, sadness. Oh, no. <laughs> My life wasn't really as sad as it sounds, I promise. <laughs> um, uh, no, but, um... All of, like, the upperclassmen I talked to about marching band were like, oh, you'll make some of the best friends you ever have, and... Uh, honestly, it was peer pressure a little bit, <laughs> Um, my dad did marching band, and so he was very into it and very excited that I was finally old enough to do it. <laughs> he lived a little bit vicariously through me. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's how that happened. What do you think is different about marching band that, that helps people make friends or that they connect to it more deeply? Well, the biggest thing is definitely that um, 
honestly, it's band camp. Just like that one week of band camp is a huge factor in it. At least the way it worked in my school was Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. all day, every day, outside. Wow. Like, <laughs> it was... Jeez. It's it's a lot. Um, But, like, being with people for that long, like, that continuously, and then Mm -hmm. that continues throughout the whole year, right? Like, there's, like, you have band class, so you see everybody every day, and then, like, there's practices after school, and just, like, being around people that much and having such a, like, a unique shared experience. Like, even year to year, it's different. So, like, the just being with people that long makes you grow closer to them even if you don't like them very much like the saxophone section (laughs) had very deep-seated rivalries within ourselves which is (laughs) as as section leader that's not very fun to deal with right um like i when i was section leader i had two co-section leaders and they hated each other and continue to hate each other um and so but they both were friends with me, so whenever one of them was gone, the other one would talk shit about the other one. It was, oh, no. mm-hmm. yeah, sounds like a soap opera. Like, yeah. It really was. <laughs> but but even because even through all of that, like even like all the breakups and the makeups and then dating the best friend, whatever, like we're still a family and we still know that like performing the show the best way it possibly can is more important than like any other little thing that we're doing. And I think teaching kids that like to be how to be a part of something that's bigger than they are is like a big part of marching band and sure. why it was so impo- impactful for me yeah i mean i guess you, you guys kind of have to work things out because you can't just have a saxophone duel in the middle of a song right <laughs> if you right can't get along, yes exactly find, find your common ground mm-hmm. yeah for sure like i could deal with pretty much any personality but if there was a personality of a person who didn't care to do that like cared more about themselves than about the show as a whole then that really got me that really got my mm-hmm. go I really hated that well and it, and it sounds like a lot of you know a, a lot of what the experience was was building sort of this community within within your school but then they have this other sort of side community that was banned and much like any other band y'all had to work together in order to make the thing work because that's how music works but also that's how people work i guess teamwork makes the dream work (laughs) yes definitely did you feel like there was pressure from people not in band like what did you feel judged or uncool did kids tease you for being in marching band when you were in high school uh i was really lucky to be a part of a really good high school that really had a very little bullying problem like i Mm -hmm. really never had that also band was the biggest like student organization in the whole group of everybody so if somebody was being mean there were like 200 kids backing me so i wasn't (laughs) super upset strength in numbers yeah yes yeah yeah but talking to like friends who weren't in band was a little bit hard because especially during band season like you really get into a headspace where there's nothing to talk about but band and like how cool your show is it's like oh my god we did this cool visual where we have to like get on our knees and then we get back up and then we like shoot our hands over like like nobody knows what you're talking about <laughs> right but that's the only thing you want to talk about so <laughs> it's difficult yeah i went to a really small high school so we did well we couldn't possibly have had a band unless it was like a quartet of kazoo players but <laughs> so i don't i don't honestly know a whole lot about what marching band is like other than you know seeing something at the macy's parade so so is there there's a big performance component besides just doing the music right is what you were talking about like you yeah have yeah coordinated stuff that you do mm-hmm. yeah so um kind of 
I guess I'll just walk you through like what kind of like a year in marching band is like really yeah, vaguely. So band camp is the start of it. And that's when we start getting um, the music for the show that we're performing and the drill. Drill is just like it is a booklet of like a map of the football field with a little dot with a number next to it. And whatever your number is, that's where you have to stand. And that's how you learn where to stand on the field and how to move from place to place. And so you take that and throughout the day, like, you'll take, like, maybe, like, five pages of drill and learn how to do that. Like, get from one place to the other and then rep that about a bazillion times until you can't do it wrong. (laughs) And you'll still do it wrong. And then once you have that down, once you have the movement down, then you start adding the music onto it. Um, And so... First you're just moving, and then and then you're just playing, and then you're moving and playing at the same time, mm, which okay. really freaks people out the first couple <laughs> times they do it. <laughs> They're like, I, I don't even know how to put this thing together, and you want me to walk and play at the same time? <laughs> oh, man. Um, but then, yeah, and so then eventually you put the whole show together, and the show always has, like, a different theme to it. My band was, um, we did a lot of competitions and stuff, so we were, like, we went really hard on what our themes were and things. I think a lot of people's, like, perception of marching band is just, like, oh, it's a David Bowie tribute on the field (laughs) just at the halftime. But we never did anything like that. We, um, let's see, my senior year we did one called The Rookie, and it was a baseball game, but in the middle of our marching band show. Whoa, okay. Okay, wow, that's very involved. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. It was really, really good. (laughs) So, like... Like, we had props and stuff on the field, so we had, like, two huge dugouts that could hold, like, half the band in them, so they were hidden away from the crowd. And then we had, like, the bases set up, and, like, the color guard people were dressed as baseball players, and, like, a whole game went through. We almost had, like, a scoreboard and everything, too, but we ran out of money for that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's the drill and the music and the drill and the music at the same time, but then there's also, you're telling a story, Mm -hmm. and you specifically like you the one person on the field are just as important as anybody else in telling that story so like you have to be really concrete in what you're doing and confident in yourself and then that's how the whole thing comes together so it's kind of like being it's more like being on a team i think than i might have conceptualized although but do you have i mean is it like in sports where there's somebody who's a quarterback who who gets more of the attention or more of the glory or do you really feel like everybody is equally as important and there's no sort of marching band rock star? Uh, I mean, I would definitely say there's no quarterback, like definitely nothing like that. It's every single person is just as important as the person next to them. Like there's like soloists, sure, who have like a solo or maybe like a guard, a color guard person with the flag who Mm -hmm. does something special. But like it's everybody moving together and at the same time and doing the same thing that makes it look so cool. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing that, then it's everybody has the exact same level of need on the team. Was there ever a moment where you felt like for one reason or another, whether it was talking to a peer who wasn't in band or, or just someone else outside of that circle where you felt hesitant to talk about, um, this thing that you did? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say there was definitely a part of me that was worried I was annoying people when I talked about it too much. Mm-hmm. Like, 
which is the same for almost anything that I'm into right now. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, Josh, my brother, please, I want to talk to you about what happened in the space bunker on Magic Tavern this week. And he's like, I don't, what even language are you speaking? I don't understand what you're talking about. Um, and so definitely, I re- that's one reason why having so much time in marching band, doing marching band is so nice, is that you're constantly around people who understand what you're talking about. Sure. Um, but then, yeah, whenever you have to go, like, whenever I had to go to church or, like, um, uh, youth group or something, and all I want to talk about is this super cool, like, visual we just learned, but nobody else wants to talk <laughs> about that, it definitely mm-hmm. can make you feel, like, isolated a little bit, but it, it passes. Yeah, I, I think that pang of, oh god, I'm being annoying, is mm-hmm. sometimes just as powerful, if not more powerful, than, oh god, I can't talk about this, because yeah. of because there's some weird preconception. Yeah, I definitely didn't know anybody who was like, oh, you're in marching band? What a dork. What a nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, <laughs> actually, there was, um, in a, we did, in an art installation, uh, like the art class did once, somebody, uh, their piece was that they drew, like, a lady or something and she had like a bunch of like insults and stuff written all over her right it was just like sure. i don't know showing some art kid bullshit thing but um <laughs> one of the insults was band kid <laughs> and i was so offended i was like what who are you i don't even know why would you <laughs> but that was probably the worst impression i guess i ever felt for marching band which wasn't that bad yeah i wonder if it was because i i sort of had this concept i don't know that i had a, a specific judgment of marching band as a concept or people who are band kids but i sort of always knew that it was like this trope of oh those are the the uncool kids and I'm, i couldn't tell mm-hmm. you why i mean i think some of it might have been uh the the american pie joke about this one time at band camp because that was <laughs> really huge when i was in high school as a, as a joke to repeat so i wonder if it was just something that people parroted and maybe that's something that people have become more accepting of now yeah um well first of all i will say that the this one time at band camp thing is 100 percent true and actually happens constantly and i've done it a thousand <laughs> times without actually trying to reference anything um I'm actually surprised that hasn't happened yet <laughs> in this interview, <laughs> but I'm sure we'll get there. Well, but I, mean, I think also the thing, too, is that, like, the, the this one time at Bandcamp thing is, it, it's a thing that people say, but it usually leads into, like, a weird story about something. Yeah. And, and those are like, entertaining. that's just absurd and, and yeah. not the sort of what everyone thinks it, it or, or presupposes it's going to lead into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People assume it's going to lead into, like, I had sex um, and often it is. <laughs> um, oh man, I should, we, I will answer your question first, Anne, but then we might have to get into this one time at Bandcamp story. Um, <laughs> maybe we should just talk about Bandcamp. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You, you've, you've led us down this rabbit hole. I think we have to follow through now. Oh man. Okay. Um, well, I'll start by saying um, every Thursday of band camp, um, we would end an hour early, which was a godsend. Um, and all of the kids would go into the empty uh, cafeteria and no adults allowed. And we would all sit in a circle surrounding a single candle. It would go like the inner circle was seniors and then juniors, sophomores, freshmen. And um, all of the seniors would go around um, in the dark surrounding this candle and tell their best band story that they'd like taken from the last four years okay um, and we called it senior circle and uh there were no adults allowed so the this 100 percent doesn't sound like a cult continue <laughs> <laughs> and it then was you summon a demon uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I feel like we almost got close a couple times, but um, <laughs> um, the stories got pretty, like, raunchy sometimes because there were no adults. Sure. Um, and so there were some really great ones. I'm trying to think. There was definitely one where uh, this girl and the, this girl, she was super tiny and skinny. And this guy who was like, you know, low brass player, kind of larger. They switched pants for the day, um, <laughs> like in the back in the woods. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and they just super, like because they could? Just because I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. I, no, like, that's, by, that's like, fair. <laughs> that sounds like teens. <laughs> by like, I mean, like by Wednesday of band camp, you have like no, there's no filter left. It's right. just band. Right. And if there's something fun to do, you do it. Like, mm-hmm. no questions asked. Yeah. So they switched pants. Um, but like to do so, they had to get like almost naked. <laughs> right. And in a forest, and they were probably like 200 feet from like residential people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they definitely almost became sex offenders that day. <laughs> Thanks, marching band. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, uh, before every competition, we would do um, something called section breakfast, where all the different sections would go to a different breakfast place at like mm-hmm. five in the morning before we had to like start rehearsal for competitions and things. Super awful idea. You should really just get sleep and not eat like a thousand like <laughs> eat a thousand like chocolate crepes right before you have to do like three hours of rehearsal. <laughs> Gotta carve up. <laughs> um, but one time we were at a place where it was just a breakfast place or whatever, and I was I felt like I was hungry, so I ordered like a, like so many potatoes, like a lot of potatoes. Oh. <laughs> like I think I got three hash brown orders and then like also pancakes and also like some other potato thing and <laughs> the portions were so big and <laughs> I couldn't eat it uh, it was so, such a bad idea I did that three years in a row on accident <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute no 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 we can't go past that you didn't learn after the first year to not make the hash brown mistake <laughs> yeah, how is it not, how is it not an accident the second time and the third listen, time I'm t- I'm telling you, I didn't try. I just, like, somehow I was like, oh, I'll really need these to this time. And <laughs> I don't know. Emma. I've made mistakes. <laughs> oh, oh, man. God. Uh, those poor, poor ladies. We always forgot to call in, and there was already always, like, 25 to 30 teenagers at 5 in the morning. Oh, jeez. Wow. Really, really bad. <laughs> and they would always have to, like, call in extra people. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt so bad for them. Another thing we did before competitions, like, after section breakfast, whatever we did, like, just saxophones, like, sometimes we did all the woodwinds, and then sometimes we did just saxophones, we would go to uh, the local uh, Sears, or the okay. mall. Yeah, the Sears was connected to the mall, and we would play mall tag while all the stores were closed because you could still get in there and so we would all hide like throughout the store and one person was it and so we had to play tag but without like getting kicked out of the store right right (laughs) which was really fun um i'll tell you one thing sears does not care they're just happy that you're in their store (laughs) um You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's... JC I feel like Penney's. that's probably more true now than ever. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. It's definitely gotten worse. Um, JC Penney's uh, does care. If you tell them that you're looking for your friend in the poncho, uh, they will kick you out of their store. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> oh, there was this one time we were playing sardines in the mall. Do you guys know what sardines is? I no. do not. Oh, okay. So it's basically reverse hide and seek, where one person's hiding and everybody is seeking. And okay. when you find the person who's hiding, you have to hide with them. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Right. So eventually I think I've we all done this, but just never called it sardines. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard we of used to, we, mm-hmm, we played it uh, like in the mall, and we played it in the school while it was like empty and dark. It was really fun. <laughs> um, but one time, my friend and I uh, were the last two people who hadn't been found or hadn't found anybody, which is, you only know that out of, like, context context clues because just eventually everyone's gone. Right. (laughs) And you don't know where anybody is. Um, And we walked past, like, um, a hallway that was going towards, like, the, um, like, security offices and stuff. And we were, like, there was, like, the last place we hadn't checked and we looked at each other and we were like, I'm not going down there. There's no way you're getting me (laughs) to go down there and get in trouble with the actual security officers. But eventually, we had nowhere else to go, so we were just like, okay, let's just walk down there for a second. And we walked down there and all of a sudden, eight kids, like, come out of the shadows. Like, we could not (laughs) see them (laughs) while we were walking down the hall. But, like, they crawled out from, like, under benches and, like, behind plants and, like, I think there was one, like, on top of, like, a vending machine. And like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was it was crazy. There was just so many kids down there. And we see, that's like a horror movie. It is <laughs> the worst part was that there was like a lady who didn't know us, who like wasn't a part of us, who was walking behind oh, us no. and also saw us. Just like a fear from the shadows. <laughs> this woman is still haunted by this experience. To oh, this I'm day, absolutely sure. <laughs> For sure. It sounds like, obviously, you really had a lot of memorable experiences with the the people that you were in marching band with. Did those um, relationships extend beyond just marching band? Or or was it kind of like, because sometimes you have friends where it's like, we're only friends because we're in the same class sort of thing, and then you never Mm -hmm. talk to them ever again. Um, how many, uh, like, how many of those relationships did you, uh, find, like, extended beyond that interest? I'll honestly say very few. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's to reflect on marching band as it is so much to reflect on me as a person and who I am and my just inability to facilitate friendships. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I definitely had... Um, one friend, her name was Katie. She was one of my co-section leaders mm-hmm. and we're still pretty good friends. And then, um, I had another friend named Ryan. He played the clarinet and he was also a football player. Uh, so just the, he was, <laughs> so sometimes he would have to like run onto the field and march with us like in his football uniform. Right. I was going to say, how does that work? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he eventually quit football for marching band Um, but it was very funny to see him he's like he's really buff and like with the shoulder pads and everything and holding a dinky little clarinet (laughs) sure (laughs) very good mental image um yeah uh so those friendships lasted um but honestly i don't have a lot of friends from high school left that i like talk to on Mm -hmm. the reg and eh, you know that's just how it goes i like people liked me or just not Friends. Sure. Well, and yeah. I think part of that is just kind of natural sort of high school things, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's nothing to say that just because, you know, there's nothing to say that interest friend groups are invaluable in any way. Sometimes they just don't extend beyond that. Right. Which yeah. is fine. Well, high school can be kind of this weirdly compartmentalized experience, I think, in itself. Sure. And then mm-hmm. from the rest of your life that it's kind of this capsule where a lot of really important things happen that influence you after, but 
doesn't necessarily in an obvious way like the friendships mm-hmm. carry on how does how does marching band influence your life now you're not are you still playing music at all um i did uh i have been trying to do band um the band options i do have uh, at college um we don't have a marching band but we have a pet band which is mm-hmm. kind of similar in tone and then we also have like a couple chamber ensembles and uh i've done like a quartet or two with some people um, but my, my band director in high school was, uh, he's incredible. Like I was in so, so lucky to have him. His name was Mr. Bartz. Um, as a teacher, I was very, very lucky to have him cause he was just very good at his job and inspired people and stuff. Um, I would say the band directors at college don't do that. <laughs> um, they're not great. <laughs> mm. So they're, they're kind of testing me. I really want to do band, but, uh, they're not helping <laughs> the cause but i i do really want to try and keep playing saxophone because it is really important to me even if i'm not a music major or going to a a college that offers a music major uh it's still really fun and i like the having the personality trait that i can play saxophone and that i know careless whisper and i can play it whenever (laughs) i want to (laughs) that's a skill that you'll need i'm putting it on my resume for sure wow now i wish we had told you to bring your saxophone to this podcast (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I could play into the mic. I have it, but I don't know if that's going to go very well. I did play uh, Careless Whisper at my church talent show once, so that's a good thing to know that's about incredible. me and who I am. <laughs> it wasn't very good. We uh, The saxophones also had a song. We played um, called Calbria. Um, I don't... It's. I've never really heard the song. It's definitely based on a song. I only mm-hmm. know it because we used to play it, though. Um, that was one of the most fun things that we did, uh, where we would have the Barry saxophone. That's the biggest one, the lowest one. It would start off, and it would be, it would it would be just them, just one person. They'd go like bump bump and then everyone else would join in with the same thing and it would like mm-hmm. build on each other and then eventually we would have like the higher instruments start like improving over it when it was good it was so good <laughs> how much of your how much of your love for marching band came out of you deciding to play the saxophone like if you if you could go back and like say like oh maybe like i wish i could have played the insert instrument here or or are you like no this is this is my this is my big beautiful son who makes the music (laughs) (laughs) this is definitely my big beautiful son who makes the music okay (laughs) um mostly like i don't know how much you guys know about like uh like instrument stereotypes um but they're largely largely true okay um and you tell, tell us sax- about instrument stereotypes yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> you have to inform us on this yeah okay so um flutes are bubbly and they laugh at all of the director's jokes even though they're not funny and <laughs> they uh are high-pitched and kind of annoying and they have a lot of drama and that's a flute for okay. you <laughs> um uh clarinets are very similar except they're kind of like going through their emo phase (laughs) (laughs) so they're listening to my chemical romance and they're cutting your throat so that they can get the solo and they think they're a lot better at their instrument than they are um that's a clarinet for you (laughs) also lots of drama saxophones we um were a lot more chill and at least in my band we were the this sounds conceited to say, but we're the, we were the best woodwind section. Like, just technically, we could play the best. And um, because of that, we uh, were just really chill and didn't really care about anything. So, like, we practiced and we got better at our things, but, like, there was never any, like, super drama. It was just, like, 
we're here and we're playing saxophone and we're better than them and that's all <laughs> that really matters <laughs> low brass uh that's like trombone and like baritone tuba that kind of thing uh are perverts <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> wow, that was a quick... We took a quick left turn. <laughs> no, they just make a lot of dirty jokes um, and uh, bad decisions. Sure. Uh, I remember there was this one time when we were out on the on the field during practice, and there was, like, this beeping coming from the back of the field, and nobody knew what it was, and we, like, was like, is something, like, is the battery dying on, like, the speaker or something? Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? Um, it turns out it was this kid's phone, and it was beeping because it was, like, getting too hot and, like, about oh. to explode. <laughs> oh <my> gosh! <laughs> and so, like, uh, and eventually he realized that the sound was coming from his pocket, and so he took it out, and it's, like, super hot and so he like just chucks it across the field yeah and like runs away from it and mr bars is like what's going on back there and they're like he has a galaxy or like whatever that one was oh, blowing no, up on the i was plate. about to say <laughs> he's like he's got a galaxy and he's like oh okay that makes sense carry oh, on gosh. trumpets have the biggest egos that's that's a universal thing. If you know someone who plays a trumpet, they have the biggest ego that you've ever met in their life, in your life. I'm gonna have to tell my friend that who plays the trumpet. I'm, I'm, I'm one very sure close friend that used to play the trumpet in marching band, and I'll be like, "Hey," and I'm like, "That does track a little bit." <laughs> Side note: I didn't know saxophones were woodwinds. <laughs> yes, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. thought it's they be- were brass. It, it's really confusing because we play the brass part, but we are a woodwind instrument. Wow. I never, yeah. like, I guess it's, like, the, it's the point of... It's the reed, yeah. I was about to say point of mouth touch, which is really <laughs> bad. <laughs> That's what they teach you in director school. Point of <laughs> mouth touch. Uh-uh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh yeah no being a saxophone player uh was kind of awful sometimes though because we we played the same part as like the french horns okay most of the time but never as loud or as important as the french horns Mm -hmm. so like especially in (laughs) concert band and stuff like uh the director would be like all right anybody who has this part play and so we would play and they'd be Mm -hmm. like no saxophones shut up (laughs) Stop. <laughs> Not <laughs> well, you. We have the same part. No, you need to sound like a French horn. Don't sound like a saxophone. <laughs> uh, on the inverse of that, um, what was sort of your favorite part about playing the saxophone? <sighs> Man, I I think my favorite part is doing um, saxophone quartets or mm-hmm. like just any small ensemble like that it was always really fun because I really enjoyed the people who played uh, saxophone, you know, so spending time with them was really fun. And then... Um, we actually, one of the coolest experiences that I had playing saxophone was that um, there was a kid, uh, a senior when I was like a junior, I think, who uh, was really into composition. And so he composed a saxophone quintet for us. Hmm. And um, it was really like difficult and it, um, but we like worked on it for really, really hard and like eventually performed it like really, really well. And it got like accepted into like the WMU composition college or something like that it was yeah it was super fun and so yeah i've had a lot of really cool experiences i've been able to play a lot of pieces that were written like just for my band or my small ensemble and that's always really fun you mentioned competitions did you travel with your band did you compete in other cities or do parades or anything like that yeah yeah we um we would usually uh the furthest we ever traveled um was detroit um i live in michigan just as a context but um 
I live in like Southwest Michigan, so we would go all the way to Detroit, and we would get to play on the big like NFL fields, Ford Field down there. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, that was really really fun. Um, that was the furthest we ever traveled. That was for uh, state finals. Um, and the fun part about that is that actually my freshman year was the first time that my band ever made it to state finals that we'd ever gotten to go and play at Ford Field, and so. That was really, really fun. We did really, really badly, though, because oh. the field, like, nobody would know this unless you're a football player or a marching band kid, but the NFL field and the high school field are very different sizes, and so the, right. the, the yeah. lines and things that we would use were not in the right places, that, oh, okay. like, oh. to help you, like, know where you are on the field and, like, setting everything up correctly, and we didn't know mm-hmm. that going in because we'd never been there before, uh, so sure. it went pretty badly, but... Like, (laughs) it was so really fun. Like, the ceiling is so high. And, like, there's so many people in the crowd. And, like, you can't even hear the crowd. They're so far away. Mm -hmm. And, like, just, like, being able to, like, play. And, like, at, like, the climax of your show, when you're supposed to, like, just, like, really punch the audience in the face with your sound, like playing that in a theater that big and like actually like filling it up and like making people like clap for you is like the best feeling Uh, yeah was that kind of the the high point of playing the the moment where you're performing in front of an audience and you know you have some part that's really loud and upbeat and everybody's super into it is that is that the thing that that really made it land for you emotionally yeah yeah that was definitely like my favorite part of the show for sure i would say like um if you ever go to a marching like let me just say if you are ever in a place and you hear that there's a marching competition going on near you go to it and cheer really loudly because kids like on the field like they feed off of your energy like <laughs> if we like hit a huge climax to the piece and nobody reacts to it the rest of the show will be a lot worse than if people kind of like give you a lot of like encouragement uh so go do that but i would say like emotionally marching band really got me just because of like the the experience as a whole not really like the competitions or performing like that but like it was more like the end of the show like knowing that i'd done i'd I'd performed this huge thing that i've been working on like they can get like they were like nine minutes long just like knowing that i'd worked for months and months to perfect the show and then I played it the best that I possibly could that's mm-hmm. the moment that really got me sure. emotionally I would say that's really cool <laughs> thank you <laughs> sorry I was just, I was just like oh man <laughs> like, it's like I don't have a question or anything I was just gonna bask in that moment for a second <laughs> so what do you think was the biggest the biggest thing that you took from the marching band experience that's that's gone into your life now uh I would definitely say it's the um now I'm trying to think about how to word it. <laughs> um, just the, I well, okay. So when I started as a freshman, I never thought that I would really get that far in it. I didn't even know if I would continue to do it after that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, but like being in it that first year and then the second year and then the third year and then becoming like put, being put in a leadership position by like the band director, like that whole experience I I really came out of my shell and learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd been told um, a lot throughout my life that, like, I was supposed to be a leader, and I never felt like anything but a follower. But through marching band, I realized that, like, I'm capable and that I can, like, do the thing. Like, I can just, like, I'm capable of leading people, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that really instilled a lot of confidence in me. Um, And 
just knowing that I made a difference in band, even though maybe I didn't feel like it. Like, I actually, like, um, my senior year, uh, like, the last concert of the year, spring concert, we, um, we get, like, senior awards where people, sometimes people get, like, scholarships or just, like, you were the best musician, here's a plaque. Um, uh, I got the uh, an award called the John Philip Sousa Award, which is, like, the highest possible award that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wasn't expecting it at all. And, like, I remember the band director was giving a speech about it, like, before he revealed who it was, and he was like, uh, sometimes people in leadership are really loud. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I was like, oh man, who could he be talking about? Like, I just don't under- like. Like, I was like, well, Lucas is really loud, so I don't know. It can't be him. And like, well, she's not a fresh or she's not a senior yet, so I don't really know. And then he said my name, and I, I was like. I, like, pointed at myself. I was like, me? Like, (laughs) I was like, excuse me? Um, I just never thought at the beginning that I would ever, like, honestly, I didn't think I would make an impact on anything or anyone Mm -hmm. ever. But, like, I obviously made some sort of impact on this band. And just knowing how far I came from that quiet little freshman to a a quiet leader, I suppose. But, um like that that's that's what stuck with me the most is just like the the sense of confidence I got mm-hmm. from just knowing that I can I can do the thing I got it I can do it <laughs> if you had the opportunity to talk to someone who was maybe hesitant about you know maybe they you know had some sort of preconception around marching band or you know that kind of like weird band kid stereotype was kind of making them hesitant about wanting to try it what was what would be like one piece of advice or or one thing that you could say to them to try to almost like give them the hard sell of like no this is worth it listen if you are even considering marching band you're already too far gone there's no turning back at this point <laughs> you are <laughs> you're going to make some of the best friends and have some of the best experiences possible if if you love music and you like people and like your program is good you are going to have the time of your life. Mm-hmm. And if it's not your thing, then that's okay too. But I really think that you should definitely give it a try for at least one or two years, if not all four high school years, because you're really going to have experiences that you're never going to forget. Learn lessons that you'll never get anywhere else. Yeah, if you don't like it, then just become a theater kid. No, I'm <laughs> exactly. <saying>. I'm <laughs> I don't know if you're comfortable sharing it, depending on the nature of the story, but sure. what is the story that you did or would have told at your senior circle? Oh, good good question. <laughs> Mine's actually not too bad, so I can definitely <laughs> tell it. Um, <laughs> we, uh, for some reason, after band camp, which was 13-hour days every day, um, literally the Saturday afterwards, we would go to Cedar Point, <laughs> the, it, it, yeah. which is a, yeah, right, which is an amusement park for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and uh, awful, awful decision, but I went every single year. And um, <laughs> one year I was with my friend Ryan, the football player, uh, uh, clarinet player, uh, and we went on a roller coaster called The Gatekeeper. And oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so um, 
like the the way that the seats are set up, um, you can't really see the person next to you. There's too much just padding in the way. Um, but uh, I was sitting next to my friend Ryan, and um, we're like clicking up the tracks. He says something before we get to the top, and he's like, oh, "Emma, I don't think I can do this." And I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Of course you can. What are you talking about? Shut up." And so um, I don't really think much of it, and we go through the whole ride, and you know I'm screaming my head off because I like roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't hear a thing out of him the whole time. Uh-oh. And it's and so I get off and I'm still really pumped about it. And um oh no, sorry, we like come into like when we're waiting for the other people to get on so that we can pull in and get off. Sure. And he I hear him again and he's like, Emma, I think I blacked out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, You did what? And so I was like, oh, holy sh like you so you were unconscious the whole time. And he's like, oh, I think no. so. Like, don't don't tell anybody. But I think I passed out. And I was like, holy shit! And so I ran to uh, the place where we see like the pictures they took of you <laughs> while you're on the thing. And he, the picture finally comes up, and I'm sitting next to him. I'm like having the time of my life, scream my head off. Right. And he is like halfway lolled out of the seat with his tongue sticking out. <laughs> oh my out. gosh! <laughs> oh no! Wow! Oh my god! <laughs> And so we bought the picture, obviously. Yes, that is the one opportunity. If you have that opportunity, you take it. We bought the picture and we saved it for years until Senior Circle. And then we passed it to everybody in the band. Oh, my gosh. So not only did you, like, not only did you buy the picture, but it was like this, this, like, dark pact that you kept. We can't tell anyone about this until this moment. What a it was, what a, such a long con! I love it. It was amazing. Yeah, it was just me and Ryan and like my friend Katie. I think was there, and maybe like one or two other people who knew, um, mm-hmm. but nobody else could know or oh see the gosh. picture until day of. It was oh my god, he was really mad at us for thinking it was so funny. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh my god, yeah. So that was my senior circle story. Yeah, I don't. Um... And do you got anything? I, I think that's it, unless you want to play Careless Whisper into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, oh, well, thank you. Thank you again so much for um, for sharing all this with us, because yes. this is yes. a blast. Yeah, um, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Do you want to, you can plug your social media, whatever projects you might want to talk about, uh, go for it. Okay, yeah. So, um, you guys, if you're interested in the things, me and the things that I do, you can follow me uh, on Twitter, at of hauntings. I do art and I take commissions, uh, so if that's something that you're interested in, uh, do that. Um, and then I'm also on another podcast called Lost Library. Um, I'm on there, uh, which is, it's like a host for a bunch of other podcasts in one feed and i'm on uh, grayscale i play or we're playing monster of the week i play a girl named friday dunn and it's super super fun and i definitely think that y'all would like it if you want to listen to it so that's what i got going on awesome well thank you again yeah, yeah thank of course you. thank you I still kind of want some saxophone, but <laughs> <laughs> I hate, listen. I will do it if you really. I'm want putting that. I'm putting you on the spot, but I kind of want to find. I don't know how how the audio will come across, but it seems like it's worth oh. a shot. Yeah, I also let's... just got braces, so let's see how badly. This oh, no. Yeah, let's see how. Don't this goes. do it if it hurts. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> This is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
close enough. <laughs> That's our theme song sorted. Yeah, we've done it. Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast if you have questions or comments. Hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or find your recorder from fifth grade hidden somewhere in your closet and play a rousing rendition of Hot Cross Buns out the nearest window. Thanks also to Megan Pat for the review on iTunes. If you have a moment, we'd love it if you could rate and review us as well. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or if you didn't like the show, tell your least favorite coworker. And a belated thank you to at a lunar dragon on Twitter for the outro that we've been using. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy. (laughs) 